Welcome to the Sisters in Therapy podcast, previously known as On the Couch podcast. New listeners, old listeners, thank you for rocking with us. I'm Mercedes, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm Takesha, a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I am Brittany, a licensed professional counselor. We all fall under the umbrella of licensed mental health professionals, here to share our unpopular opinions as well as our clinical expertise about all things life, ranging from mental health to trending topics on social media. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute with a mental health professional, but it is meant to serve as a platform where you can get dope content and be inspired to love on yourself. Now, let's get on the couch. Hey guys, so today's session, we'll be focusing on the truth about therapy. So what is therapy? So therapy is when you meet with a licensed mental health professional to process, resolve, unpack anything that you want to, um, whatever you want. Um, so some of the things that people bring up when they're with their resistance to going to therapy is they don't know what to talk about. Mm. So what do you guys have like to give people some tips on what to bring to the therapy room for the first session? Um, I always try to introduce it as far as like, this is sort of like a get to know you type session. Like there's obviously been some things that led you to the door. I think it's my job as a therapist to ask certain questions mm-hmm. to bring that out. You know, I think the first session is a matter of, I also think it's a matter of personality too. Cause like right. I have some clients who are still typically pretty shy and I'm still like, at, we have good rapport. Right. But I'm still asking probing questions and they just feed better off of that. But I certainly think it's a matter of the right therapist asking the right amount of questions to bring, you know, those things out, if that makes sense. It is. I agree with that, Brie. I was going to say that, too. Just I think if you get to the point in your life to where, like, you know, you need some additional help with kind of figuring things out. Take some of that pressure off yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why you're going to get the extra help. Mm-hmm. When we go to the doctor's office, we know something is off, but we don't always know exactly right. what it is that's going on. So take some of that pressure off of yourself. You've already accepted. I need some extra help. Go in and help that. Mm-hmm. You know, let that therapist help you kind of figure out and navigate what it is that you're doing there, what you might need help with if you don't exactly know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a therapist, I think I get stuck sometimes in the first session when people say they don't know what they want to talk about um, because I don't want to give them what right. they should be talking about. But yeah. what I have learned is giving people permission to rant about whatever without me asking questions. So mm-hmm. in that rant, I can piece together questions and see what we need to problem solve and what direction we may need to go next in the rant. But mm-hmm. you brought up something that we talk about in passing is people are not used to having a safe space where the attention is on them yes. and somebody really want to know how they're doing, what exactly is bothering them. They're not used to mm-hmm. you really being into like, what is wrong with you? What's going on with right. you? I mean, this is a safe space for right. you. People are not used to that. Yeah. I don't know. I also think people, I think the general idea that some people think is like, there has to be something so specific for you mm-hmm. to process. And I don't think it's, that's necessarily true. It could just be a matter of, you just want to go and talk to somebody about mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. It could be job so, stress. Tr- and sometimes we talk about a movie and that like covers a good amount of let's build rapport through talking mm-hmm. about this movie this or, mm-hmm. or whatever, just to make the person feel comfortable. But I think sometimes people think they have to go through a lot of trauma in order to seek therapy and that. I think that's a common misconception. Though it is important to process those things. But a lot of times people have went through a lot of trauma. Right. But sometimes they don't even go to therapy because they're like, I know some people I've seen, they look at the world and they're like, 
damn, but it ain't that. So mm-hmm. I should be able to deal with this or damn, well, like I feel like shit and I'm having a hard time dealing with this, but it ain't what so-and-so has going on or it's not mm-hmm. like this part of what's big going on in the world. But I'm like, you still mm-hmm. deserve the right to kind of have that space and process. Right. One of my go-tos when they first come in on that first session and maybe they don't know what to talk about is I ask them like, what even brought you to this point? Like mm-hmm. what even made you go search for a therapist? What's kind of going on in your life right now? So even if it's not like a specific event or something that they have going on, at least they can say, oh, you know, like I haven't been sleeping well or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that something about the relationship or work. And that kind of opens the door to we can ask more kind of questions. questions and see. Yeah. I feel like as a therapist, we can formulate questions based off, you know, what they share and just that we can help them unprocess, not unprocess, Lord, we can help them process <laughs> and unpack whatever it is that they're going through because nine times out of 10, they are going through something. Mm-hmm. It's just that people are not used to being able to, like I said, have that space to where they can unpack it. And then people, like you said, feel guilty mm-hmm. because we're in a pandemic since 2020 and there is an excess of stress going on. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I'm like, you do have something going on. And so when people come into the therapy room and they tell me they don't know what to talk about, I'm like, but you do because you went to Google and you searched my you search for a therapist, something mm-hmm. led you to do that. What mm-hmm. was it? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the beauty of being a skilled therapist. You get to ask those certain questions that bring it out. I think a, a, a good question to ask that I started to put into practice is, what did you used to implement that's no longer working anymore? Oh, that's okay. You know, that mm-hmm. way we can kind of figure out, okay, well, that's stopped working at a certain point. Now we mm-hmm. kind of figure out what, what are some creative ways that we could potentially help you process these things or work through whatever it is that you're going through but it's true you don't always know what to talk about Mm -hmm. or even for me i mean some people pride themselves on having a balanced perspective and they're like oh well i don't really need therapy but it's nice to talk to somebody extra somebody objective Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know it's, it's interesting I think through the processing questions, though, you figure out something different about yourself. Yes. Even for me personally, or even whenever we have conversations with each other, which is kind of like the purpose of therapy is that you go and when people can look at things through a different lens Mm -hmm. and they can come Mm -hmm. at it from these different perspectives, you do grow in your insight because you're like, oh, shit, you know, I've never seen it Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. that angle. I never viewed it that way. And you do begin to see for yourself the different areas in in your life where you're like, damn, this is maybe causing more stress than I thought it was. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So. So another, uh, another worry people say, um, is they think the therapist will judge them. Hmm. I and, always tell them it ain't nothing I ain't seen or heard before. Okay. <laughs> right. But the truth about but therapy is sometimes a therapist will judge you. Yes. I am not a therapist that judge people, but there are therapists who do judge. But. It just goes back to how this works. Sometimes you have to go to more than one therapist to find your fit. Mm -hmm. That was my next point, yes. You just do. Um, That's how it works. And unfortunately, you may have to spend some money with each therapist to find your fit. Yeah. But I think it'll be worth it in the end. No, absolutely. I I do. It does break my heart when I speak to clients and they tell me horror stories from therapists before and it breaks my heart and I try to reassure them I'm not a perfect therapist but my job is to literally serve the purpose of providing you with additional support right you know and I cater to your need I meet you where you're at but similar to anything people are people and it's a pretty messed up situation you go there not even being used to being vulnerable to have somebody judge you I've had a client tell me that her therapist told her she was too emotional 
<laughs> that's not okay. Uh, no. <laughs> you well, know? Not in the therapy room. No, no, no. not at all. But so it's, it's difficult. It is. Like somebody told me, I don't even know who told me this, but they said, like if you were going into a department store or you were trying on a shirt, if the shirt didn't fit or you didn't like it, Mm. you wouldn't just stop shopping right you would go again you would try to find a different shirt that you like that mm -hmm. fit you better like therapy is kind of the same way it's not a one-size-fits-all no i even tell my people in therapy like at the end of the day we're all still humans no matter mm -hmm. like if you're a patient and i'm the clinician we still have different energies different vibes like we just communicate different with different people so if I'm not a good fit, let me know. Exactly. Let me know what you're looking for. We can figure it out together yes. so we can see what you need. Don't. Yes. This is not an additional place for you to be awkward or hold yourself in. You know. Right. So it, therapy is, is definitely supposed to be a safe space. But I think I want people to understand that therapy is not this place where it's just some strict, structured yeah. event. Yeah. You deserve to like let your guard down and just kind of be free in the moment. And I say it should take about three sessions. Mm-hmm. By the fourth session, you and your therapist should be laughing about yeah. some stuff. Some yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. How do people become comfortable with that? How I think it's on the therapist to make the client comfortable. Mm. Or create a space to make the client know that they can ask questions. Kind of like you just said, let me know if I am a good fit. Mm -hmm. I always, in the first session, bring up, let me know if I am overstepping mm -hmm. or asking questions that are taking you too fast. Right. Always. I always yeah. bring it up me in the too. first session. I always tell people... I don't want you to waste your money. Right. So therefore, if I'm pushing you to work, it's because you're paying me. Right. I don't want to push you to a place you're not ready to go to, but I'm also not going to just, you know, what am I trying to say? I'm also going to be like, okay, well, what is it that you want to work on? Right. Or what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? You got to check in. I do the same thing, Mercedes. I like that. To where you just have to really tell them from the beginning. Like, this is kind of my approach. This is how I do it. Therapy. Right. If I happen to go a place that's too deep, you're not ready for it, let me know. Right. If I'm not reading it right, if I'm right. kind of reflecting it wrong or not understanding it, let me know. Right. I always tell them, hey, I'm not going to be offended. Just let me know. Right. We can try something different. Even if it's different skills, techniques, they don't work for everybody. Right. We got a million and one. We can try something <laughs> right. different. And so therapy is a place that you can rent. I always tell people, you can rent in therapy. You can, I even tell clients that you need to cry, you can cry. Take 30 minutes and cry. Sure, mm -hmm. maybe it's the only place that you can cry with somebody else supporting you. Mm -hmm. However, I still have to know that you're, what I'm doing is making a difference. It can't just be about the rent. I need to know that something is going to change in your life or I'm going to be like, you know, this is not working mm -hmm. because I find that unethical if I'm not helping you in in the long run or if I'm not helping you achieve something mm -hmm. your best hopes for therapy which right. is a question that people have a hard time answering because people really don't know what they're going to talk about or they think that we're going to judge them mm -hmm. how do you how do you get your clients to open up I always tell one I never feel like it's my place to judge two like your life is yours I want you to be able to live your life the way you want to live it that's going to look different for all of us like help mm -hmm. me understand what your needs are, how you want your life to look different. I mm -hmm. get into specifics. Like, what is it looking like now? Mm -hmm. What would it look like if you made change? Would you have more time for self-care? Would you be spending more time right. doing this? Would you be crying less? Like, l let's get into the real specifics so then we can come up with different, like, interventions or tools to get you mm -hmm. to a place where you can kind of nurture, live in this new uh, life and again, I was telling it looks different for everybody, right? Because they like, I want to be happy. Tell yes. me what your happiness looks like. Mine might look a little bit different than mm -hmm. yours. I'm glad you bring that up because what therapy is not 
is toxic positivity. No. And I want to bring that up because there are... Motiv- ther- we're not motivational speakers. We right. are therapists. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not life coaches. And so, right. therapy is not a place where you... Where somebody's going to, like, shame you into positivity. Mm-hmm. If you feel a certain way, this is a place where we're going to really break down how you're feeling. And I'm going to tell you that it's okay to feel that way. I'm not going to try to push you into positivity. That's not. I'm not going to mm-hmm. run to that reframe. But that is what motivational speakers do. And that is why people struggle with feeling bad about... Not feeling bad. Or just having the, the sadness or the grief. Mm-hmm. They feel like they should just automatically learn from the situation and move on and be positive and turn into a positive mm-hmm. which is why they you hear so often in therapy i feel like a burden yes. i hear that all the time mm-hmm. a burden yes because yeah. i'm sad no you can be sad right you can be mad oh that's a big one too people think they don't have the right to be mad yes they don't have the right to be angry human emotions definitely human emotions the one thing i tell them with that is they're tools Right. Just like everything else. Right. Our emotions, our tools trying to lead us and tell us exactly what we need to be doing, how we need to be doing it. Right. I think what's what's important for people to understand, like usually, typically the approach to even an intake session, which is generally the first session, you're going to fill out some paperwork similar to any doctor's office, getting your back history about things like that. And from there, sometimes the intake paperwork is pretty specific as far as. Are there some emotional things that you've been going through that you haven't been able to or that you would like to process in therapy? And sometimes there are goals that you specify in therapy, which could be specific to what you may want to work on through the process. So I think that kind of could possibly help some people understand that you might leave with some goals, maybe two to three, maybe one Mm -hmm. goal that could possibly give you an idea of, okay, this is how I would want to move forward. Another step that I try to tell my clients is, the real work happens outside of this session. You get this one hour, 45 minutes, however long of this safe space. You got to apply what we talk about outside in in the real world. You know, Mm -hmm. it's that's for me, that's lets me know that we're actually doing the work. Like you're actually implementing the tools that we talk about. Yes. Ideally the goal is that eventually you need less of us because there's different levels of care right we have like the inpatient hospitals we have partial hospitalization like Mm -hmm. six hours a day um or three hours a day of treatment and then you go to like the individual therapy sometimes people go two times a week sometimes they go once ideally you would feel more empowered and kind of have the skills to navigate your life um with therapy and need that a little bit less and less Mm -hmm. not that we don't need it for maintenance but the purpose is so that you can have skills so that exactly. you can know how to better navigate and cope with life. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately the the purpose of therapy um, so that you can have positive ways to cope with life. Because we spend so much time coping in a way that's somewhat not healthy or serving us, mm-hmm. that is kind of messing with our relationships, um, it's messing with our job. And then that's the purpose of someone seeking the help because yeah. I don't want these things to be messed up just because I'm feeling a certain way. I want right. to know how to cope with it. Um, and every therapist is different. Um, I just tell people, you know, this is a safe space. Um, I think I can speak for all three of us. This is something that we're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like to create a space to where people just can be their authentic self. Mm -hmm. I always encourage that. People sometimes don't even know what that is. Yeah. That's my jam in therapy. Like if you don't know what your authentic self is, that's like one of my main things that I like to even help work with people on. Because if you don't have 
an identity, you don't know what the core of your authentic self is, you don't even know where you need to make changes. You don't yeah. even know what you need. You don't even know what your values are. It makes sense that everything in life is a little bit more difficult. You, the exactly. foundation is missing. Yes, it's yes. the foundation. The foundation is missing. And then being prepared for what is going to happen as a result of getting mm-hmm. good therapy. Yes. It's going to be radical. There's so so be many prepared people, for change. It's, change is going to be knocking at your door. And I always just open it. <laughs> Even so, if you just crack the door a little bit. <laughs> Open it. One of my favorite things to ask people is what are other people noticing about you mm-hmm. as a result of you coming to therapy? Or what have people noticed about you this past month? Say mm-hmm. I've been seeing a client for a month. It's either somebody is saying, oh, you changing and you're doing too much. Or mm-hmm. somebody like, oh, I like this mm-hmm. version of you. It may be both. It may be both. Like, what are people noticing about you? What are you noticing about yourself? Mm-hmm. And then you just ask people, say, what... What are you doing outside mm-hmm. the therapy room that's, you know, making people recognize this? And then that's how you keep the change or you keep keep it going. Like, keep doing whatever is working. Mm-hmm. Right. But I like that because then you have to reflect on what it is that you're doing. So many exactly. times people are like, okay, I'm making changes. Things look good. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. You you need to know what happened so that mm-hmm. you can replicate it. Because, mm-hmm. again, life keeps happening. Things knock you down. You need to kind of have that blueprint of... Like what worked, what helped you get to a good place so that you can easily kind of pull out those things and stay consistent with them. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, therapy is just a conversation. Mm-hmm. But another... That's what I tell people all the time. It is just a conversation. And sometimes those conversations can be hard. Yeah. Awkward. Mm-hmm. And not so fun. Right. Not so much fun is what people say. Um, another worry clients have is therapy can be hard. And I leave feeling like, damn, like... That was hard. They didn't feel good. Yeah. What do you say to people like that? I mean, I typically lead with that. This is not an easy process. And I will encourage, I will let my clients know that my job is to really point out some inconsistencies. Like if what we have on paper is this specific goal, but the actions or your words are totally opposite from that. And then we got to process, okay, what, what are we missing here? I've had clients tell me before, oh, I didn't want to be disappointed. Um, I didn't want you to be disappointed in me. I'm like, well, it's not my job to be disappointed. It's my job to kind of present to you what your actions are and what we have on paper. Right, right. But I would never be disappointed. That's not my place. They're going to always do that. form that bond with us yes, because they're meeting with you weekly. Yeah. Um, you're now someone in their life. Yes. And they, it even gets to a point where they start saying, I love you or something. You kind of <laughs> got to insert that boundary. But yeah. And, and sometimes it make it makes sense because yeah. you're sometimes really only the positive. First. People in our clients' lives yes. sometimes. Who can hear them, validate, all that good stuff. Um, as far as like it not being fun, I'm with you, Britt, on the, like, I got to let you, that's one of the things that I just let you know out the gate. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some days when you love me, you think I'm awesome and amazing, and you're going to have days where you can't stand me. Like, I can't yes. believe <laughs> this woman just made me talk about all that shit. Right. Like, that's my job. That's what you're here for. <laughs> so many times they call, I'm just not feeling it today. This thing happened. I don't think it would, it would be good. That's when you need to come in. Right. Exactly. That's when we need to have these conversations. This is like some in real time shit that mm-hmm. you need to work on 
processing. Right. And when you say, and when she say make you talk about something, it's not like us forcing you or putting a gun to your head. Mm-hmm. It's just that we magical like this, so we ask the right question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we know how to lead you to talking about something that you didn't even know that you were going to even exactly. end up talking about. Mm-hmm. It's all about the questions, um, but those questions really make you think. Yes. And it's pure joy when a client say, damn, like, I, I love even, the aha moments. I ain't even I think it. about it like yeah. that. Like, how you know this? I love it. But when see, I think what I try to make sure, like, I don't like to leave my clients emotionally open at the end of the session. No, I always got to check in, like, are you okay? Do we need to do a quick little guided meditation? I do not like to leave my clients emotionally open like nope. that. No, so and we make a commitment at the end. Yeah. What are you going to do for, I'm like, we had a heavy session. Right. We need to kind of debrief. What did we go over today? Okay, what is your plan? Actually, especially even talking about trauma. Yes. I check in on coping and self-care at the beginning of the session before we go into it. Mm-hmm. Check for moved in, how they feel, how prepared do they feel mm-hmm. to deal with kind of the aftermath of a tough session. And then right. at the end of the session, we recap on coping skills and actually set a plan for what they're going to do for the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I, when I work with couples, I, I, it's very important to make sure that you don't leave them like seeing Ooh. red at the end of the session. Um, and sometimes those sessions will have me sitting against the back of the chair. Like <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? And so I will let these couples know, like you guys have been very disrespectful in this therapy room to each other. And I yeah. wonder how it is at home. Okay. And, um, and so I just have to be real with them, but it's important for them to get out what they need to get out. However, mm-hmm. I can't let y'all in the session and get in the car and slap each other upside the head. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's not. So we, we, I have a game that we play or we ask questions and some questions are hard, but I always, at the end of the session, you get like, I call it a paradise question. Mm-hmm. And this question will lead them down memory lane into like, Oh, the first day or mm-hmm. what color was I wearing? So they forget that they was kind of mm-hmm. in disagreeing about that. something, but then they, then they start arguing about, Oh, I wasn't wearing that color, but it's something lighter. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You have to, you have to trick people yeah. into to leaving, <laughs> leaving, leaving the therapy room in light, but don't right. forget to do your homework and sit down yes. and process the reason why you're here. Yes. And I think maybe that's why people think that therapy is hard. Mm-hmm. It's because you do have to pick back up on your problems. You have to pick up mm-hmm. what you avoided or left behind. And and that's just... That's it, important, though. In the fastness of, you know, adulthood and just mm-hmm. jobs and work and all that stuff, we get so used to that kind of being the norm, right? Like, we got to go get it. We got to grow. Right. We got to go. We push the problems down mm-hmm. and down and down. But see, that's and we don't the, go back to them. Exactly. Right. But that's the problem with the motivational speakers because that's what they're telling people. Mm-hmm. Push it down, push it down, push, push it down. down. They're telling you that nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Work harder. Yep. Nobody cares. That's, that's unrealistic. And but it, that's that's what's taking over no, social people media. people do it. And you can do it for a little bit. I've seen people. They do it. They push it down. They, they push fine, it down. They get through. But you're going to crash. Yeah. Because yes. the more and more you push down, the more it's going to all implode. Yeah. And it's going to all come it's back rise up. up. But if you deal with it one at a time, come back to it one at a time, that mountain ain't got to grow that damn big. Thank you. That's the bigger thing that I definitely encounter with my clients. We can't get to everything at once you can't do everything at once let's break it when things are in manageable steps you feel more encouraged to get on to the the next exactly that takes maintenance though you gotta every day you got a problem every week you got a problem go back and address it Mm -hmm. like you gotta frequently be checking in with yourself and knowing what's Mm -hmm. going on if not it's gonna pile up Mm -hmm. you can't do this once a month oh let me actually like sit with myself and see what's going on Mm -hmm. you can't do that Mm-hmm. Yeah. get through your day do what you got to do but 
what you gonna do to manage your shit? Yeah. Another worry that clients have is thinking that they wasted their time and their money. Hmm. I wonder what that looks like. I know it happens, but I wonder what that looks like for people. I think what it looks like is no accountability on their end and no accountability on the therapist end. So that mm. means the therapist not holding themselves accountable to hold the client accountable mm. and then the client not actually doing the work. Mm. And I think that's exactly what it is. When I feel like I ain't getting my money worth, um, what are we not talking about in therapy that we need to be talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not talking about it, Hey, I've opened the door this, and I've mm-hmm. also told you to be assertive and I've empowered you to do that. Yes. Yeah. I need for you to be able to tell me, hey, miss, this is actually what I need to talk about today. Right. This is what I I can go there. I love to open up the door. <laughs> where you want me to go. Give, right. me, give me the topic. So you got to be able to say what you want, what you need, even right. in the therapy session. Also, you got to do work outside. If you yes. come here, you kiki kaka, ain't nothing wrong. You chilling and you're not doing no work outside here. Nothing in your life is changing. You're not doing no work. Did you do your homework? And so that that means as as therapists, we have to make sure we're checking in yes. and following through from session to session. What is different? Yes. What mm-hmm. is working? What are you doing? Um, how can I be a better therapist to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. And just all about accountability. It and is. sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes I'm gonna be honest, the client can come in with a story and we could get off track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> but no, let's get back to it. But right. no, and then we all, and some, so the, what we had in common with clients, you know, as of 2020, we all were going through a damn pandemic together. So mm-hmm. we all was kind of like talking about the pandemic a lot. Yeah. First 30 minutes every session. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so just keeping in mind that we, we got to, as a therapist, we got to be the ones to kind of draw that line and get them on track. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. won't feel like they wasted their money. Right. It's definitely a balance, though, because they definitely still want to have, like, not like I'm seeing a banker or something, and I'm, like, just about, for sure, you know, the problems. They want to be able to still be comfortable, process, mm-hmm. kind of still that little bit of rapport of just kind of, like, right. checking in. I care about you. Okay. And then gently still kind of redirect, like, hey, right. last week you were kind of struggling with mm-hmm. this and this. Right. But I, and you said the problem, which you used the word problem, but I usually talk to my clients about solutions. And that's sometimes helpful because people, so if I have a couple, one of them want to talk about what's going on so often, so much, the other person like, no, nah, I don't want to hear all that. What are we going to do differently? Mm-hmm. How, how do you guys find that balance between problems and solutions in therapy? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I definitely don't work with couples. Um, <laughs> well, family members are you. Thankfully, work, I don't worry about it. I love my couples. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> For me, I definitely give them the space to talk about the problem, especially if it's a new problem. Okay, let's explore like the specifics of the problem because we all kind of need to know or at least see everybody's perspective on what the problem is Mm -hmm. because they definitely usually have different perspectives on the same problem. Right. But they have their own views on it. Um, But then if it keeps coming up, I'm hey, we've. We kind of know what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've defined it. <laughs> you guys are comfortable with saying, hey, we kind of know what the problem is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. I think rapport has everything to do with that. It does. For sure. People I've... call me the call-out queen. Yeah. Did your kids call you the call-out queen? Yep. <laughs> and my adults, they'd be like, mm, okay, she calling us out again. It, I am. Yeah. Um, but see, my clients, they're so comfortable with me. They were like, I knew he was going to do that. Yeah. Yes. You know they that. Know. <laughs> and I just be smiling like, oh my goodness, you know me so well. So what is that? Right. Tell me. <laughs> Because sometimes people think they slick by going up like, hold on. That's okay. So let me just take a few steps back. 
I love that. And let me get back a little to bit. yes, because okay. I, I and I'll say I, I wrote something down. I, we're gonna get back to it because you know with, with teletherapy is a little different, so I have to let them know I'm not ignoring you or looking at my phone. I'm just writing, writing down a quick down. word that way I can remember to go back to it. But okay, so the truth about therapy so far is that yes, it can be hard, it can be awkward, but it also can be life changing, rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the benefits outweigh the awkwardness yes. and the uncomfortableness. Uncomfortableness. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree, and I think I don't know. I, it's it's definitely not a one size fits all. What works for somebody else is not gonna may not necessarily work for the next person. I think people get caught up with seeing what people share on social media, and it's, for sure, there's a lot of misinformation on social yes. media. So what therapy is with. Therapy is a relationship with a licensed mental health professional, mm-hmm. period. What therapy is not is you go in and I tell you, okay, go do this, this, and this, and it'll fix your life. I'm not going to tell you no. what to do. No, that's no. not what therapy is. It is a safe space. It's not me screaming motivational quotes. <laughs> it's not me, you know, just pushing you to, oh, but everybody go through this. But no, I... Each person is unique. Sure, everybody go through stuff, but the purpose of therapy is for people not to come in feeling like everybody going through what I'm going through. That may be true, but this is unique to you, and I'm here to help you process it and unpack it so you can leave with enlightenment. Right. Oh, man. I love being a therapist. For sure. It's so complex. Human behavior is complex in general, and I think it takes a special kind of person to really really be patient and understanding and have compassion. It is not a place for you to not do that i just take my job too seriously for that right right and you were bringing up social media and so what i've learned about myself as a therapist just a human in general what i try to encourage my clients to do is be more accepting of themselves Mm -hmm. because when you are more accepting of yourself then you're least likely to compare yourself to other people Mm -hmm. and if you are comparing you're comparing how unique we all are versus how they got something that i don't have Mm -hmm. That really has worked for me, and it has worked for when I try to help my clients see that accept you for who you are at this moment. Mm-hmm. Love yourself through whatever it is you're going through so you can grow. Right. That's very difficult for some people. It's very difficult. So how, as therapists, what is y'all's approach to that? Because I presented self-love and all that, and some people literally don't know. But you know why? Because we live in a world where everybody is, you're kind of like, people get paid off us not liking ourselves. I said this before, yeah. they profit off low Mm self-esteem, poor body image. And so, unfortunately, loving yourself in this world is considered radical. Mm -hmm. But I I think, I mean, I know we're going to get to bill hooks at some point, but I think it's also important that people always feel like they have to be isolated from the group. I think you can find love with communities. I think a lot of people are missing that connection with other people to for them to be encouraged in Mm -hmm. self-discovery, self-love and all that. So... I don't know. I think that still even goes back to just loving yourself and being comfortable with yourself. If we can't do yeah. that for ourselves, we don't really feel like, you know, we are like lovable or that people right. like we do belong to these different groups or yeah. that I can show up to these groups as my authentic as self. My right. Authentic self. I'm judging myself. So they must be 
judging me. They must not like these parts about me either. Mm, right. And it doesn't matter how much people try to validate that because no matter how much validation you get, if you don't feel it for yourself. But people sometimes are judging you and not liking these parts of you. That's why it's important oh, that absolutely. you love those parts of you. Mm-hmm. And when you do, then you can better navigate the spaces that you need to be in. Exactly. That's what I mean when I'm like being more self-accepting, let you navigate the way you need to navigate. And Mm -hmm. I feel like therapy is a place where you can learn to accept yourself because I'm not about to tell you to, you know, hate yourself through something or just because the rest of the world see you a certain way that you should also see yourself a certain way. Right. Because the world will tell you that. People will tell you that. All they will tell you all the reasons why you should hate yourself for sure, and list of the reasons why you should love yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my biggest messages. I think one of you asked, like, how do you kind of reinforce this um, in session? And I, you did kind of hit a little bit on bell hooks too, but I mm-hmm. think back on that because I, I think she talked a little bit about death, and it may seem a little bit morbid, but I always tell them like, think about where you are right now. Like, mm-hmm. if this is your last moment in time, this is your last day. How do you feel about yourself? Yeah. Do you want this to be the last feeling? That's a good question. That you feel about yourself? Yeah. That's a good question. Shit, if I go out at any time, I need to know uh, you loved yourself, yes. you loved your body, you loved your friend. You know, I need mm-hmm. to know that I was in a loving, safe yeah. environment. I always go with positive affirmations. It may not work for everybody, but I always say, the, I think words are energy. And words the way you talk energy. to There's yourself. power in the tongue. Absolutely. And so, like, I, I've even told a client in this session right now, hug yourself and tell yourself you love yourself and mean it. Like, I tell mine all the time. They think I'm so corny, but I'll be sitting there hugging myself. No, and I'll be like, I'm rubbing on myself, uh-huh. on my arms. But the corny the stuff works. I always mm-hmm. say, tune into the cheesy stuff. And that's the difference between going to see a therapist, a life coach, a trainer, or whoever. Some things are therapeutic, but not therapy. Right. We need to get in the habit of knowing what's therapy and what's therapeutic. Right. And I think not everything is black and white. It's not. It's so complex. There's, like you said, there are a million and one approaches to how to deal with life and each individual is unique in its own self. Unique. It's unrealistic for me to say, go for this five-mile run. You're going to feel great. You might, <laughs> but you might go back home and you still got some issues. You, I, haven't, right. I haven't given you any tools to deal with what's going on at home. So not everything is a one-size-fits-all or perfect for everybody else. Okay. So the truth about therapy is it's hard. Yes. But it's it, complex. Okay. But it can be fun. And enlightening. And enlightening. And it could expand your your perspective on things and just give you some tools to navigate life on a daily basis. Absolutely. For sure. But one thing therapy will teach you is how to love yourself. Absolutely. So with that being said, go love yourself. Go love yourself. Go love yourself. Hey guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sisters in Therapy. That is S I S T A S in Therapy. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to our show on and give us a review. And as always, go love yourself.